God is good. Amen. Amen. Uh, We'll get right to it. Uh, We're doing a series right now called Overcoming Everything. And it's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? Overcoming everything. But I'm not talking about you, you know, being the person who overcomes on their own. I'm talking about overcoming in the Lord. And that Christ himself, we just started this series last week, he overcame death. And not just death in a figurative sense that someday we won't die, but he overcame death in the sense of he overcame the death that's in our lives. That we're alive, but yet we experience death. We experience unforgiveness and bitterness and pain and suffering. And how many would agree that you're part of that world? Yeah, amen. Um, Father, I thank you for your mercies that they're new every morning. Lord, that you fill us um, with your power. Lord, that you're faithful to us. Lord, I pray that your grace would open the door for us right now. Lord, I know this is a tough subject. Lord, it's difficult to talk about overcoming bitterness. Lord, it's, I don't want to have people feel condemned and feel like, uh, Lord, that bitterness is always this willful sin. Lord, sometimes it traps us. I pray that you'd give me your words. I pray that your scriptures would come to life. Lord, thank you for the deep things, that we don't always have to do shallow things, but we deal with deep things as well. And so open our hearts in Jesus' name. Can I hear amen? Amen. Hey, Joe, if you can turn that one that says Eric down just a tad. I hear it ringing up here for some reason. It wasn't ringing for service. You know... Today, as I'm talking about this bitterness, I don't, just a little bit more down. Can you guys hear me okay back there? Okay, good. Just a little bit more, yeah, for some reason it's ringing. Bitterness is a difficult one to tackle for a couple reasons. One, you know, it's not that people wake up and they say, gosh, you know, I, I, I really want to be bitter today. I want to rebel against God. I want to rebel against my family. I want to rebel against all my friends. I just want to feel bitter. I've counseled a lot of people through the years, and that's not really been the typical response or the typical request that I get, that people just thrive in their bitterness. There's a few. And sometimes we have our moments when we like being bitter. And bitter kind of turns into anger, which kind of turns into rage. And rage becomes a revenge, a malice and revenge, according to the scripture. And it all starts with this little bitter root that begins to grow and become something more fierce. And I don't know about you, but I I love retaliation movies. Don't you? Like like Gladiator, when he's going to finally get that main weird guy who's running everything. You're going, I want you to just to kill that guy. Right? And when Rambo, my, my, my wife says don't use 70s references, but that's okay. I don't mind. I don't need to be current. I just need to be me. And I I don't know if you saw Rambo 28, but it was awesome. I saw as a doubleheader, it was Rocky 79 and and Rambo 28 and then Expendable 76. Uh, It was really good. But but I I love when Rambo just goes after he's been, he's been, you know, his justice system has been devastated and now he's going after them full bore. And you're going like, get him. And, and the movie Taken, where his daughter 
gets kidnapped, and now Liam Neeson, he's on his way to just take down the bad guys. And it's like all through the movie, you know, like you're eating your popcorn and you're going, yeah, get them. It's like, get them, right? How many, how many can relate to this, right? And there's something about this, you know, this bitterness, this unforgiveness, and that, that kind, uh, in that movie, it's kind of like a justice. It's been stolen. I need to get it back. And my justice system, I'm made in the image of God. I have a sense of justice, and I want to see it reconciled. Now, there's two problems with my own justice system. One is it's not like God's in this way. I don't have perspective like God does. Would you agree with that? Like, I don't have his perspective. God sees the beginning and the end. You know, he doesn't know, I mean, he knows if the person is going to be redeemed in the next six months. And just the guy, person who you have offense with might get restored, might get changed in one year, two years, three years, four years. And God's seeing the whole picture. And we're seeing something very small. Plus, have you ever had bitterness against somebody knowing the whole time that you also did something and they have bitterness against you? You you experience that? And you think to yourself, you know, I think my cause is bigger than their cause. And just to make sure that my cause is bigger, I need to get more people on my side. So can I tell you what happened with this one person I was having problems with? Now, don't tell anybody else. I know it's broadcasting on television, but don't tell anybody. I won't mention their name, Bob <laughs> Jones, okay? But, but, you know, don't spread it around. Don't be a gossip. How, how many have been there? You, you've done this. And, and, and bitterness, you, you get violated. You get a sense of trust gone. And then you're trying to make it, recon- you're trying to reconcile it. You're trying to make it right. And I really think of those movies that we see about revenge, like Walking Tall and, you know, all these different ones, like, like Gladiator and Rambo and you name it. If those happened in real life, if Rocky or, or Sylvester Stallone in Rambo 1 really would have taken that city down, I don't think that there'd be a real Rambo 2 and 3, you know? And I don't think it would be that happy once you take, you know, you kill 30 policemen. I don't think that's really going to be as happy as the movie depicts it, does it? In real life, when you start to take vengeance, you pay the price. And there is a natural consequence. And not only a big external one like those big movies that I described, but personally too. And I, I man, I, I pray and I hope that whether I do a good job or not, but that God would get a hold of your heart today and whatever bitterness you have, that you let it go, that you get rid of it. And I'm not here to preach a berate you message, like, come on, stop being bitter, because I know that this kind of stuff traps you. I've been bitter before. I've had disputes with people and being a pastor, even when I was a pastor or a leader, I'd go, man, I'm just going to get things right. And I'd try to get things right in my heart. And even when I tried, I could feel my own heart getting bitter and then unforgiving. And then I'd try to reconcile it. And sometimes it took a little bit of a process to get there. And there were other times when I didn't even recognize it. I thought I was fine. And then all of a sudden that person would be there and I'd be talking to him and I could just see the bitterness rise in my soul. And I know you've experienced that too. And it's hard, and it's painful. It's, it's difficult. We want justice to be served. We really do. Now, bitterness, here's my definition. Bitterness equals the unresolved. Say it with me. Say unresolved. 
It's not resolved. It's not taken care of. Not in your mind, not tangibly, probably not with them, and definitely not you with God. And I'm going to explain to you that we can resolve this. But bitterness is the unresolved. It could be two weeks. It could be six weeks. It could be five years. It could be 30 years. Some people have lived their whole life with bitterness. And they don't think it affects anything. They don't see it move into their children and move it into their neighborhood and move it into the organizations and move it into their business where their bitterness becomes sort of the climate or the atmosphere that affects everything else. It starts as a root and it moves itself up into the tree, into the leaves, into the fruit, and that's what you begin to produce. It's the unresolved violation of what? Your justice system. Your justice. Like, it's not right. It's not fair. And trust me, the last thing you want is fair. You don't want, outside of the cross, you don't want justice. You don't ever want to go to God and go, Lord, I want things to be just because you will disappear and be in hell overnight. Just like that. Kaboom! There it is. Because you may think, well, that person said this to me. Like you never said anything. Come on. And if you go by Jesus' definitions, you may not have murdered somebody, but the Bible says, even if you say, Raka, you fool, that's that spirit of murder. You're in the dangers of the fires of hell, God says. And I'm not saying that because there's no redemption, because there is, do I hear an amen? amen? There is redemption. But we have to get real with this. And I, unresolved violation of your justice system, bring, in time brings, and you can see this acrostic, I, I'm going to use it twice, it's hard. When you're bitter and you hold on to it, trust me, it's very hard. It's very difficult. And let me start with why it's different. Because one, it starts off with, oh, let me not do that yet. First of all, the problem with bitterness, it's like a root. Let me show that picture right there, the root here. Roots are the nutrition and fuel for everything that manifests on the surface. You don't see the roots. It's not like you look at the tree and you go, oh, there's the roots. Unless it hasn't gotten much nutrition and then the roots slowly start to move up to the surface of the ground. If not, and usually bitterness starts to get deep roots and it's established in the ground. It could be between spouses. They get bitter with each other and they just start to avoid each other in certain circumstances. Or it can happen with you and your kids. You have some bad blood somewhere. You and your boss, you and your friend, your old church. Trust me, people go, I had this problem with this church. And I go, good, well, now you're at our church. Well, eventually mess up too, right? You never go to a church where everything's perfect because you just got there, right? And the, pro- the problem is, it's just like with your work, if you're not the kind of boss that knows how to reconcile people together and understand we're ministers of reconciliation. If we don't know how to do it, then you shouldn't be the boss. Let someone else lead the company. Because we, know, we should know how to reconcile with each other. We can't have a bunch of bitterness amongst our team. And it can't just be reconciliation in the name of money or more money. It has to be in the heart. How many say amen? amen. So it's like a root. It's, with, with bitterness, it's in a person's soul deep down. And whatever is down there in the roots moves its way up to the surface where you actually manifest. But it's spiritual. It's emotional. And it actually affects you physically as well. The scripture is very clear about that. 
I put on the right there, bitterness. Here's the problems with it. And I hope your heart's hearing me. There's many times, I'm Eric the friend and I'm the buddy. I really want to be Eric the pastor today to you. I really want you to hear this from the Lord as a mandate for you, not to be again berated, but to be encouraged and challenged. The problem with bitterness, it keeps you in your pain. You stay in your pain. It's like a hook you have on somebody that you're holding on to. You, you can't let it go. And so the bitterness just starts to take root in your life. You never resolve it. Bitterness keeps you discouraged. You know why you're discouraged all the time with the bitterness? Because you never overcome it. You don't overcome it, so you're not used to winning. God calls us to be conquerors, victorious. There's so many things that he wants us to be victorious in. And when we get discouraged, it's because we're not overcoming the bitterness. We're not releasing it to God. We're not humbling ourselves. We're not trusting him for the outcome. And we're keeping a hold of it in a self-righteous way because it's violated us. And I understand that. I know it's real pain. But winning needs to become a habit. When you're a Christian, you need to learn how to win regularly. Otherwise, you'll live in discouragement. Bitterness makes you unhealthy. The Bible says in the Proverbs that bitterness rots the bones. And Jody and I have met people who have been sick and we talk to them about bitterness. They're like, why are you talking about that? Well, we got our reasons because it's in the Bible. And they've brought forgiveness and all of a sudden found healing and restoration. And I'm not saying everybody who's sick has bitterness. But I'm saying that some causes are spiritual. And it's important that you find that. People can get healed that way. Here's another one. Bitterness makes you unattractive. Let me just talk from the men's perspective. You see a woman who's really beautiful. But she's not beautiful. Why? Because you can see that bitter attitude. It's like, it's like it takes away. It doesn't matter how many new clothes you get. It doesn't matter if you get new jewelry and you're in the best shape of your life. It doesn't matter. If you're walking in bitterness, you just won't look that good. How many say amen? amen. And you talk, you know, it's kind of like you, you think that you're fooling everybody, but you go, you know, you went to bed bitter, you know, and the Bible says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Then you dreamed bitter. Yeah, I'm going to kill them. (laughs) Then you woke up and you saw everybody that you're bitter at now because you're bitter at them, but you got to take it out on them because they're not there, so they are. So let's take it out on them. How you doing? Not good. What are you doing? Boy, that reminds me of what that person did. There's bitterness moving itself. And it doesn't make you look good. And business uh, bitterness makes you contagious. It's, you know, we have all these movies. There's one recently called Contagion where people are afraid and maybe with some good reason that there are viruses and even, you know, war ammunition, you know, high rated viruses that maybe countries might use against each other. Although I think it's too risky a proposition that might go back on you, but people are afraid of that. What if this happens and we all turn into zombies or, you know, we all turn sick and, you know, die in a few minutes. Listen, that's possible. But let me tell you when that's more possible. Bitterness. Bitterness will kill you. You'll get it and pass it on. It infects everyone around you. It starts to bring them down. And you know that. It's a bitter person. And I'll tell you, sometimes I see a bitter parents. They're just bitterness. They're never joyful. It's a strained happiness. 
they're only happy when they get maybe the right comedian or makes you laugh. But other than that, typically they're, they're walking in bitterness. And I've seen kids courageously, despite that environment, find God, find joy in the midst of it. And then they come back to the family and then the family just brings them right back to that bitterness factor. And that's why we need the Lord to work internally. Amen? This is just really, really true. And, you know, that's why the Bible says, you know, I'm talking about the, the beautiful person being unattractive. The Bible says that it's an inner, inner spirit, the inner fading unbeauty of God's spirit in you. Oh, an untainted spirit that's more precious and more beautiful than on the outside just having the right lip gloss and the right tanning lotion. If you walk in bitterness, trust me, everyone can see. And listen, I want to encourage you. I don't say this to discourage you. I say this for this fact. Don't you want to have a more joyful life? One that's actually really joyful and not fake? You don't have to pretend like you are? Because people come to church and everybody's happy. Hey, man, how's it going? Then they're bitter in the parking lot as they walk away. Listen, find the joy today, amen? All right, I'm going to start off with Exodus because it's a great story here about bitterness. It's one of the first times of the usage of the word bitter in the scripture. It's also associated with a song, although I won't cover that. It's, it's kind of interesting you have a song, the Song of Marion, and there's bitterness all happening at the same time. The people of Israel have been in captivity for a long time by uh, the people of Egypt, Pharaoh, the Ramses, all the leaders there. And little by little, they found freedom, they found deliverance through the power of God. And then one foul swoop, Moses comes in, the mouthpiece of God, and he brings them out through the Red Sea and brings them where? Into the desert. Okay? In this desert, it's called the Wall. Okay? The Desert of Shur. Here, we start in verse 22. Um, It says, Moses led Israel, can everyone say from? From. From the Red Sea. And they went, can you say into? So they went into, from the desert, from the, from the Red Sea, into the desert of Shur, okay? Now, they start traveling around. God's delivered them from these heavy taskmasters, and he's brought them freedom. And he's told them, I'm going to bring you into a great and spacious land, but you got to trust me. you got to know that I'm with you. And they immediately don't trust him. And this is how bitterness works. You, you start to get bitter. God knows the big picture. He's telling you to release it to him, to trust him with it, but you can't. It's violated your own sense of justice and vengeance is yours. And you say, I have to carry it out. I can't trust God. Boy, this was my first five, 10 years as a Christian. It wasn't like I walked around bitter all the time, but I had a hard time letting it go. And God brought me through several circumstances where I could easily just go, okay, Lord, not easily, that's a lie, but where I could walk through through his perseverance to say, okay, Lord, I can let this go. Not forget about it, but deal with it straight on and watch your reconciliation happen. Watch these guys. Three days they travel in the desert without finding water. So they start complaining horizontally. Moses, what's going on? And that's how it starts. You have this horizontal problem of complaining because, hey, they have a right, don't they? Where's our water? God brings you deliverance, brings you into this desert called the wall, and then doesn't give you any water? That's not fair. That's not right. Really? You don't think God knows what you can handle? 
Maybe you can handle four days without water. How do you know what God's not doing? The Bible says he tested you to, so that you could see what was in your heart so that he could bring restoration to you. It says, but they, the Israelites, wouldn't enter into his rest. Can we praise God for Jesus Christ? Because he's the one that brings us the deliverance. Otherwise, we'd be just like them. So they have this horizontal problem. They don't find water, and they come to Mara, which is what they name it because they found this bitter water. They could not drink its water because it was bitter. So finally they find water. We can drink this water. And they get it, and it's bitter. There's something staining this water. It's like uh, the flow of the stream of life in us. We're, we, we're supposed to be like streams of water flowing out, but we come become bitter. People come to us and they say, you're a Christian. I want to get some nutrition from you. Bring me some water, some life. And we go, all I have for you is bitter water. I don't have anything else. This is, wh- this is where we are in this. It, it violates and, and we're hurt by it. And we can't imagine how God would bring us into the situation of frustration. Someone has burned us. And God, I thought you were going to start to bless us now. And here we are through this hurt and this pain. But instead of trusting God, we start to fear. We start to panic. We start to get our own sense of justice. And then we feel violated. And that's where we sit. One week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. The next one, it turns to anger. So the people, can you say the word grumbled? Grumbled, grumbled, murmured. Those are words that are just, they mean unbelief. They, they, they grumble, we grumble because we don't believe God really has our best interest at heart. Like, as if God's up there going, oh, let me mess with Eric for a while and make his life miserable. <laughs> Do you really think that's the heart of God? He does laugh at the day of calamity when the evil man persists. But what about the redeemed when God brought his redemption and he so loved the world? That whoever believes one, anyone, any of the believing ones shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So the people grumbled and murmured against Moses. So there they are again. They were complaining with God. Where's, where are you taking us? Why are you taking us in the desert? They're complaining not only vertically, but horizontally. What are we to drink? And then this is what happens. We go from being hurt, then we start getting anger. And anger starts raising up. And eventually in Ephesians, it says it becomes rage. And when I became a Christian, I had so much rage stored up. I I went to Christian counseling and Jody will tell you, because I had so much rage stored up that I'd kind of just buried. I had a bunch of tools to help me kind of forget about it. The counselor said that he couldn't counsel me during the day because I was too loud. And I was using the wrong words. Because <laughs> he'd say, how are you doing? And your first day of counseling, you go, I'm doing pretty good. You're like third day of going, man, I'm so, 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 so much. That's how I was there. I had so much stored and I didn't even know most of it. And it had turned to so much bitterness that I couldn't see it. And I didn't want to be bitter. Do I hear Amen. So we're stuck in it. I don't want to be bitter, but I'm getting bitter. Jody and I have been bitter against each other. I've been bitter against coworkers, not not for years, but just you know, we're just like, just bitter about something. And 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 it's and it's terrible when you they have some someone some whether it's a coworker or a, a person that you know they have something against you and you don't you know it's not true and you're like it's not true, 
And then you go, man, I got to convince everybody that it's not true. Well, I gave up on that a long time ago. Okay, but just let me say, it's not true. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, the problem is it might be true. That's the problem. The Bible says that each heart knows its own bitterness and no one else can share its joy. Sometimes those things are internal. And let me tell you what happens, this hurt and this anger, it turns to revenge. It's that word malice there. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander. Look at, look at this. It, it starts off, you're bitter. And, and it's kind of like, my justice system has been violated. What's, well, you know, it's just, that wasn't right. And maybe you're right. But again, you don't have God's perspective. Again, you have a sinful nature. Can you really trust yourself? You can speak the truth in love. It's not like you have to ignore it, but it becomes instead of reconciling it, speaking the truth in love, bringing friends around to resolve it, you just get internalized and you get bitter and your anger is there. And a bitterness becomes anger because it starts to build. And pretty soon it's rage. It's right there. You just touch it. What? What are you talking about? I didn't do that. How come everyone's always blaming me? I didn't say that. You get defensive. And it becomes, and look what it says, and then anger turns into, bro, just leave me alone, man. Just leave me alone. Or it can be in your mind. You're cutting with your words. It's a brawl. It's a fight. And then it becomes slander. Can I tell you what they did? In the Lord? Let's pray for them. Lord, you know what jerks they are. Obviously, you see all their stupidity and evilness. Lord, Lord, can the devil go after them? Lord, a slow death would be okay, wouldn't it? Let's say they were going to die at 45. Lord, just a slow death till that same age. Just make it miserable. Amen. And I'm telling you, people spiritualize everything. They make it look like they're churchy. And people act, they go to church and they think they're holier than everybody else, not realizing that we all struggle with bitterness. What, you don't believe me? I knew it. <laughs> let, let, me give you some, let me give you some illustrations here, uh, words for malice there. Because this slander becomes every form of malice, which is, one of the words is revenge, spite, vengefulness, ill will. You know, vindictiveness. I don't know, vindictive just sounds like a killer band name. It's like a heavy metal, metal band name. San Francisco, it's vindictive. Dum, bum, dum, dum, I'm bitter. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> right? And bitter, this revenge becomes destruction. And look what it says, Hebrews 12, 15. And I'm going to get back to Exodus in just a moment. It says, see to that, to, that no one falls short of the grace of God. It's not talking about a salvific promise. Like, you know, you might lose your salvation. It's saying don't fall short of the grace God wants to give you in this. this there's, a, there's a redemption promise that God doesn't want you to live in the bitterness. Think of the fruits of the Spirit when he's talking about what he's like and he's inviting you to partake in who he is, his divine nature. I want you to be a part and sense it. I'll put you, put myself in you. I want you to experience love, real love, joy, peace, a patience, a goodness, not a fake one that you have to manufacture, but one that comes from God. It says... 
Don't fall short of the grace of God and see to it that no bitter root grows up. Don't let the bitter root, it's going to be there. Don't let it grow up and because and, and it's going to cause trouble and it's going to start to defile many people. And the Bible says that whoever builds a high gate, you know, another brick in the wall, you know, you put that, it says whoever f- builds that high gate, he, he invites destruction. It just, it just hurts him. I love how the message says that. It says, make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitterness, discontent, bitter discontent. Think about this, you guys. You know how it is when your lawn starts to get out of control. They have all kinds of stuff, like hit it with the pre-stuff, you know, ahead of time, so it doesn't get chance to germinate. And I'm not the garden expert, but but you, 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 and if it starts to get big, dig it out, get rid of it. Don't let it start to go and start to build some little flowers that dandelions. It's all of a sudden hit everything else, and then everything gets infected. And all of a sudden, your neighbor's yard's got it. It says, "Don't." It says, "A thistle or two gone to seed." can ruin a whole garden in no time. Listen, how many want to hear the cure now? Come on, do I hear amen? amen? We want to hear the cure. What is God? And God has cure for this. Overcoming bitterness. I'm going to use the same hard uh, concept because it's going to be hard. I, I could have used hard and easy, but it wouldn't be true. Like it's really hard when you hold on to bitterness and it's difficult and you're going to have a lot of suffering. Well, guess what? Even when you get out of bitterness, it's difficult. It's hard, but it's rewarding. And you will find the easy yoke. Amen? Number one, humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. Now listen to this. So the people were murmuring against Moses. What's going on? They're grumbling. They're complaining. You know, there, there it goes. There's that horizontal. Come on, Moses. Come on. And come on, God. It just goes vertical. And then it goes both ways. Come on. Come on, God. And it's, you get that constant friction between these problems of bitterness. And goes, what can we drink then? What are we going to do? It's been three days. I wish we were back in Egypt. We, I wish you wouldn't have ever delivered us. If you're going to bring us into this sure desert, this wall, why don't you just keep us there? At least we had some food. The Egyptians had water. And you start to compromise how it used to be. Remember we, we were in high school. Remember how we were all hanging out together. Remember this. And it's like the good old days. And there's nothing wrong with the good old days, but you got to grow up. He says, he says, he cried out to the Lord. Moses is constantly interceding for this people. And Moses, as you know, did not make it into the promised land. He is not the ultimate Messiah. How many know that Jesus is? And it says, he cried out to the Lord. And, th- and he, I'm wondering, what's the answer? What's the answer? And here's the answer. And the Lord showed him a tree. And you may think, well, what's that? Well, they knew the Mosaic law. They, they knew this, this Mosaic law that's coming down the pike here is cursed as he who is hung on a tree. This tree. Can, can I, can, it says he cast this tree into the waters and the waters were what? They were made sweet. Let, let me bring you to the tree. This is the tree, that cross right there. That is the tree. We throw that into the waters of bitterness Not our justice, but justice paid for in full. Amen? Full justice. God, Jesus pays for all your sins. 
He pays for all my sins. He pays for the sins of the person that you're working against. That's maybe with the bitterness. And even if that person has not seen it efficaciously in their life, God is sufficient to do his purpose and will. Do I hear amen? amen. Now, listen, the Bible says in John, 1 John 2.12, I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. That's where our forgiveness comes. Forgive each other, Ephesians says, just as in Christ, God forgave you. The justice of Jesus, you humble yourself. You start to realize, you know what? I have this bitterness, but I could have done this. This could have been on me. Look at all the sins that I've been forgiven. Are you kidding me? Can you imagine? I, I, I counsel with somebody who's a drug addict. They go, man, I'm struggling with meth. Can I talk with you? Or they come to our recovery group. Hey, pastor, I want to talk to you about it. I talk to them about it and I have a conversation. Do you think there's ever a time I look at them and I go, what a loser. I can't believe you're addicted. What a weakling. You know why I can't say that? Because I've been there. And there's some of you that goes, I've never been there. That's all right. You have your own wickedness, you know. And I found out what they were through Facebook, and I'm going to put them on the, on the presentation. <laughs> so when your face comes up, could you stand so we can just know who you are? Because the Bible said, if you don't humble yourself, God will humble you. And I felt like the Lord wanted to use me. How many are glad that's not true? Listen, this is, they're mad at Moses because they, they didn't humble themselves. We've been delivered out of Egypt. God told us he was going to make this happen. I'm going to trust him. Just say it, I'm going to trust God. You, you, I know you want to work out your own justice with this bitterness thing that you might be struggling with right now. And trust me, if a name came to your mind, don't try to throw it out. Oh no, I've, I've reconciled that. Yeah, that's why it's in your head. Because you worked it all out. No, it's still there. It's there because God wants to heal you from it. Amen? Amen? Listen, the next one is accept. And this is the hard one. You have to accept the fact that you've been hurt and that you have hurt others. You don't have to pretend like it didn't happen. You don't have to say, well, you know, I'm sure they meant something else that didn't really hurt. No, you have to say, they said that and that devastated me. It hurt me. I'm crushed by this. You have to accept what's happened. You can't let somebody off the hook by just saying it didn't happen or it's no big deal. This is, you know, people will have struggles with their boss and never tell them. They'll go years without telling their boss because they don't have the courage to, to speak to them face to face. And if your boss is that mean, you can't do it, bring somebody else. You know, and there, there is that reconciliation that God wants to bring. And if it's a parent-child abuse situation that you need to escape, you need to pray and ask God for wisdom and guidance. You don't need to confront that system. Not at that age, maybe another time. But you still, there needs to be forgiveness and release. <sighs> Humble yourself. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Listen, nobody wants to do this. Am I right? Am I right? But you want to do this. Because I, tr I trust me, when we act in God's ways, he will bring prosperity. Ask God to forgive you for being bitter. Accept the fact that this has happened. Humble yourself. And then the third one here is release. Release your pain to God.
I, I had this one leader who really hurt me. And, you know, I, I, it was really funny because I talked to somebody who worked for that leader and they said, oh, he mentioned your name. I mentioned your name. And he went on for like five minutes how he really cares about you. And I go, like, it turns out it, was, it could have been a five-minute thing for him, but it was a five-month thing for me working through it because it meant so much to me. And, and, and it's kind of like I'd release it to God and I feel like I'd start all over again. And it's like you release your pain to God and there are some things in life, let me just tell you, that hurt a lot. When someone betrays your trust, you've been in a marriage relationship and someone betrayed you. You know, you've maybe been betrayed by one of your children or maybe you've been the betrayer or there's been some mutual things and it's, you're hurting. I understand, it's tough. And you want to hold on to it. It almost feels like you can't. But let me throw the cross into the bitter waters. Let me throw the tree where God sh- says, Moses, here's the tree. And he throws it in the water and the water is made sweet. Release the payback justice system to God. I love David, King David. David is a total stud in my mind. Because on one side, you know, he's a man's man. He's a fighter. You know, he takes on big enemies and he doesn't shrink back. And two, he's also humble. When he's wrong, he's just wrong. You know, he's not afraid to say it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? He's been, you know, defiled by Ahithophel you know, one of the advisors to Absalom. And he says, he says, where do I put my hope? You know, I got, I got someone here coming after me is dear to me. Another person has given them wrong counsel. And he says, my only hope is in you. And look at his line. Rescue me from my rebellion. Rescue me from my rebellion. And then on the other hand, he goes, but don't let the fools mock me in the process. Like, don't make me look like the idiot in the end. And trust me, those people died. You don't know anything about their lives, but you're reading about King David today because he trusted in the Lord. God knows your life. He knows your emotional life. He knows the pain. He doesn't want you to live in a pool of bitter water. I'm almost done here. 1 Peter 2.23, and this is the last one, is do it again. If it didn't take the first time, you didn't humble yourself, your forgiveness was just words, start it over. Look at Jesus. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. If there's anyone who could have retaliated, Jesus could have just stopped and just said, what sin have I committed? What injustice have I committed? And the host of heaven could have flown down and surrounded him and said, he's done nothing. And then his holiness would have been revealed and everyone coming at him would have been brought down in shame. That's what Jesus could have done, but he doesn't. The Bible says he takes on the suffering that you have, that I have, the bitterness the wrath, the anger, the malice, the envy, the strife, the, the pain of man. It says they hurled insults. He did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. And if it was me, I would have made a ton of threats. Do that again, and I tell you, lightning bolts are coming down. And there'd be a bunch of you guys going, yeah! But he did not retaliate. Instead, can you just say it with me? Instead. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who just judges justly. 
Can you trust God with this? We're going, to have, we're going to have a baptism, but I want you to respond first. And then baptism is going to demonstrate someone putting their hope in the tree. Father, I thank you that you are the deliverer of bitterness and unforgiveness. And Lord, I do not make light of this. And I don't berate people who struggle in this uh, because that would be wrong on my part. Uh, I don't want to, I'll have to take the plank out of my own eye. But I want to give you a chance to respond as the baptism team comes up here. If you have felt that God was just poking at your heart while I was talking, and don't worry, don't, don't have the attitude of like, well, I'm a church and I don't want to do what the pastor told me to do. No one tells me what to do. Just do yourself a favor and don't fear me or whether the positive or the negative. And just tell the truth now. Did the Lord convict you of bitterness? Did the words that I spoke from the scriptures convince you that there's still bitterness lingering on you and it's affecting your life and your family? It's like a virus. It's hurting you. It's killing you. You want freedom from it. And you're willing to humble yourself right now. If that's you, just say, Lord, I want to humble myself. Just raise your hand to God right now. Just eyes closed. I'm not looking at you. I'm not counting you. There's nothing like that. Just your hands raised. Say, Lord, I humble And then just put the other hand up and say, Lord, I accept what happened. It was wrong. It hurt me. It killed me. It crushed me. Lord, it devastated me. It devastated those around me. Lord, I want to take vengeance. I accept what's happened, but this is the third one. Just keep your hands up to say, Lord, I release it to you. I cannot be the judge. I'm not the fair one. I'm not the righteous one. I'm not the perfect one say, Lord, I release it to you. You have this. Your ways are higher than my ways. And and let this person, let this group, whatever it is, maybe it's someone close to you, would you just let them off the hook? Would you accept them now as Christ accepted you? Would you let them go? If, If it's an act, you know, you've got to prosecute them or whatever, that's okay. Do it through the legal system, but in your heart you release them. Say, Lord, I let them go. I forgive them in the name of Jesus. And then just commit yourself to do it over. You say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Help me to walk through this pain, Lord. Help free me from my bitter face. Lord, that I don't have to wake up with a bitter face and go to bed with a bitter face and a mood and that I don't carry that virus each time. And my wife is going to share something. This is the Jesus saves the best wine for last.
takes a supernatural thing, but we need to make that decision in the same way that Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. He wouldn't have walked on water had he stayed in the boat. So with this, with the issue of bitterness too, some of us have.